everybody, and welcome to episode 251 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing 2019's live-action adaptation of the 1941 Disney classic Dumbo, directed by Tim Burton, starring Ava Green, Colin Farrell, and Danny DeVito. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Danny? I'm doing awesome. Uh, would you say that you're a Tim Burton fan? No, I wouldn't say that I'm a Tim Burton fan, but I wouldn't All say right, that I'm fair I, enough. I, I wouldn't say I'm a, over. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a Tim Burton Call detractor either. He's he's clearly got a different kind of style. I, I think that he's he's maybe I guess you could call him an acquired taste, maybe. Uh, so I would actually call him an unacquired taste because I used to I used to consider myself a huge Tim Burton fan. I mean, maybe it's just he speaks to, or at least he used to speak to, uh, younger teenage angsty, angst. yeah, goth, yeah, yes, right, goth. Right. I mean, Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands. Right. I loved his two Batman films. Okay. Uh, I even liked Ed Wood. I could get behind Mars Attacks. Like I, I feel like early in his. Filmography, Pee-wee, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. I mean, those were all movies I used to really enjoy. But now it's like either I grew up and he just stayed the same or he's just been doing kind of the same shtick for like 20 years and it has not worked for me. He did the Sweeney Todd musical, right? That's that's arguably the last movie of his that I truly enjoyed. And that's 2007. So that's 12 years ago. That was a while ago. Holy cow. And then prior to that, maybe... Sleepy Hollow from 1999. Yeah, that sounds right. Which is why, why is Johnny Depp in all of these movies? Did he do the Alice in Wonderland reboot? He, he did Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like, I didn't even really love Sleepy Hollow. It's just sort of the perfect Tim Burton film. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I, I just, I really struggle. I struggled with him continuing to get millions and millions of dollars to make movies that I don't know anyone who's enjoying them anymore. We've seen a lot of of Disney live action adaptations in the last the last few years for sure. There's more on the way. There's a lot more coming. I, yep. I didn't think about the fact that he had also done Alice in Wonderland, another Disney property originally animated that he has that that he did the live action reboot of as well. I didn't didn't even think about that at the time, but and that's nearly unwatchable. Yeah, that was horrible. It made a billion that dollars, but you right. you could barely sit through it. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. With another just horrific Johnny Depp performance. I mean, yeah. that one, Willy Wonka, or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, just... Oh, that's right. He's yeah. like in the, just the business of turning out just garbage. Planet of the Apes, Dark Shadows, yeah. I mean, Big Eyes. I mean, none of this... None of this is exciting. No one's happy to see his name on a marquee anymore. And it's just so shocking that Disney would would go back to him and offer him another live action property. Well, maybe how about, uh, how do you feel about the live action Disney movies in general? You, you mentioned there've been a couple, there's a lot more coming. How do you feel? Yeah. About I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at the rate at which they appear to be coming. And before I answer the question, can I just say, I think you'd made a comment. It, it was a little while ago, but we, maybe it was on the podcast. Maybe it was just you and I texting back and forth, but you would express some disgust about going to an AMC theater and watching 20 minutes of previews. Sure. I sat through a full 26 before yeah. the live action Dumbo. And and I guess 
I, I think they do more when it's a movie aimed at children. I, I think you're going to get more previews. But I mean, I'm seeing the preview for Aladdin. I'm there were there were just tons. There's tons coming down the pike for for these live at oh, for sure. adaptations. Um, I, I'd say like Tim Burton, he it's kind of hit or miss. And I really enjoyed Cinderella. I really enjoyed Beauty and the Beast. I did not see Jungle Book. I did not like Alice in Wonderland, and we'll get to this one in a minute. But I think that it, I think that Beauty and the Beast offered that story in a new way with the same music, but I found it really enjoyable, and I think Emma Watson is is lovely, and I really liked to see that movie a second time, other than just watching the DVD of the animated one from 1991 or whatever. Sure, did, I would say ditto for Cinderella. Maybe I appreciate them more. Uh, for the princess stories getting retold, we'll see what happens with Aladdin. I think Milan is coming down at, at some point as well. Unlike so many reboots we've talked about in the past, I think that it can offer an interesting new take on the story. And I do think they usually try to introduce a new song or two to the the soundtrack for the album, which is nice. But I think that just as often you can hit a real clunker as well. I, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you and I are big Disney fans, and I'm all for sort of revisiting classic tales with new technology and trying to introduce a story to to new uh, audiences. So for me, uh, Alice in Wonderland was a terrible live-action movie, but it's also not a great animated movie. Like, whose favorite movie is Alice in Wonderland? Nobody. Yeah, right, so right. fine, remake it. Jungle Book... Whose favorite movie is the animated Jungle Book? Yeah, nobody. Right. No, 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 no parent introduces their kids well, to so Blue and Mowgli. But the but the live action one is great. I found it. I thought it was really fresh, really good, okay. really well done, and my kids really enjoy it. And they would never sit and watch the original. It just it doesn't hold up. So I think the idea of kind of revisiting movies that don't hold up and giving this a fresh take is a great the idea. Cats. Sure. <laughs> Right, even Robin yeah. Hood, as told yeah. from Disney, but to revisit, I think Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast, which were kind of perfect Classics. the way they were, yeah. and that have continued to resonate for decades after they were released, just seems unnecessary. Same with so, so same you would with probably Aladdin. put Aladdin into that category yes, then as well, I right? Because like, it's one that doesn't need to be done. Okay. Correct. Yeah. However, for tonight's discussion, I'd say Dumbo. People may have some affinity for Dumbo as a character. The movie itself, the original is like 64 minutes long. Yeah. It's got a couple of racist scenes in there with the crows. Like some some sequences probably best left on the cutting room floor these days. So like this feels like one that, okay, if if you feel the need to revisit it, that's fine. But there also wasn't a lot of meat on that bone back in 1941. That's just not a very fleshed out story. So the inherent challenge and opportunity is to give this to a filmmaker who's going to have something fresh to say and really kind of expand on the characters and give us the story in a more complete way. And I just really question the wisdom of giving it to Tim Burton. So why don't don't you hit us with a plot recap for anyone who has – now, again, this is a a remake of of Dumbo, but it's certainly broader than that. And it's like an extra hour long. Yep, it's a a little bit different, and we're going to keep this super tight. So for those of you who don't know the story of of Dumbo, and it's been a long time since I saw the animated version myself, but um, it's the story of a baby elephant born into circus life. 
uh, who possesses the unique talent of being able to fly due to uh, its enormously large ears. The elephant is essentially raised and cared for because it's separated from his mother elephant uh, by a couple of young children who themselves have lost their mother. She's passed away and their father has just returned home from war, uh, having become an amputee, losing his arm in that conflict. Already uh, sounds so, hilarious. It, right. I mean, it's, it's a laugh a minute and right. uh, it, it's uh, really a, a sad tale of the way this poor baby elephant uh, is kind of ridiculed and laughed at by the audiences, yet ultimately used and exploited for profit by the owner of the traveling circus and later by the larger corporate entity of theme park land that that kind of purchased that property, which, you know, is it's kind of hitting a little close to home with Disney, but I, I'm sure. going to go there. Uh, and, and that's... That's the uh, a sad uh, tale of Dumbo, the baby elephant who could fly. Yeah. So I did not enjoy this film. I did not either. And for me, one of the main reasons I didn't enjoy it is the 1941 original, the central conceit. First of all, I can't even remember if there are humans in the original. I do they not are, believe that there like are humans. They're, they're peripheral like, characters. Yeah. Yes, yes. So in Dumbo, it's the elephants that make fun of Dumbo, that, that right. mock his ears, that treat him poorly, that sort of ostracize him because he's freakish. In this movie, it's the humans that are so disgusted and outraged at the sight of Dumbo. Now, this story takes place in 1919. I don't know, and clearly the audiences that this traveling circus is playing for are portrayed as poorly educated, mouth-breathing, yeah. rural roofs. Yogles, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I just want to know, like in 1919, had people already seen so many elephants in their lives and, and they <laughs> and they knew what a young baby elephant looked like that, that they couldn't say, well, that's just how baby elephants look. Right, right. Yeah, their yeah. ears are a little bit big when they're born and then they kind of grow, they grow into, into them. them. Yeah, right, right. No, I mean, it to was, me, it was like it was such an outrageously over-the-top reaction from everybody on screen. And I'm like, how many elephants have you ever seen? You I, saw this one, his mom, maybe one other ever. I, com- I completely agree. I, I thought that the, I thought that the whole conceit of that was utterly absurd. Of course, you can draw the 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 immediate distinction between this, which you know features human live actors prominently, and its predecessor, in which it's really a story of solely the animals right um you know the the first elephant handler to meet dumbo is quite possibly the most revolting human being ever <laughs> to appear on film and right and, I, and i'm counting hannibal lecter and that nazi and schindler's list amongst them like <laughs> how he could just instantly want to beat the mom elephant jumbo and baby dumbo is completely I, I, what was this guy's motivation? Like, what happened? Had had elephants killed every everybody that was important in his life up until that moment, and that's why he acts the way he does? Well, that's so. That's problem number two, and it's that every character is either totally good or totally evil, and either way, it's completely obvious from the moment they step on screen. They don't even have to open their mouths. They're either portrayed as like disgustingly groveling, mustache twirling, evil jerks. 
or saints. The two children are not portrayed as either evil or good. They're just bad actors entirely. I, I think that they were the two worst children actors that I've ever seen in a movie. I won't disagree that the kids were were not good. But I would disagree and say I think they were portrayed as saintly. As saints. And, All yeah. right. and by the way, the daughter really it was distracting how much she looks like Tandy Newton. And yeah, then at yeah. the end, I did find out that that is Tandy Newton's daughter. So like, yeah, okay, at yeah. least it was... It was distracting, but on the money, as opposed right. to her. Like, I was like already annoyed to find out they cast someone who looks just like just Tandy like- Newton, <laughs> and then it, she wasn't related. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, like, we've got a story that you can't quite buy. You got characters that are so one dimensional; they're like barely one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Then you add in these weird Burton flourishes, like the fact that. There's also like the Dumbo vision. Like sometimes the movie is told from the point of view of Dumbo. Yeah. And we can see out his eyes, but that's it. Like that's the only – like we don't – he doesn't talk or really communicate in any way, but we can see what he sees. It almost felt like those moments in Being John Malkovich where somebody is like puppeteering another human Uh and they're staring out their eyes. But that was it. Like you didn't – it was so it was like what was that all about there were a lot also a lot of a lot of unnecessary close-ups of elephant's eyes i think that that happened oh, yeah. at least a dozen times and it's kind of sort of jarring and kind of creepy like you get that that wrinkly skin around their eyes and it's sort of sort of gross and weird but i got to come back to the kid actors again is it I, I, by the way there's nothing on my things i enjoyed about this movie list so I, oh. I, i've just skipped straight to things that bothered me doesn't Disney just have a stable of talented children actors? This was really, this brother and sister tandem were a couple of doozies. And I, I, maybe it's the direction, maybe it's the script, which was pretty weak in and yeah. of itself. But they were just very wooden. I, You know, I you say they're portrayed as saintly, and certainly they do nothing wrong throughout the movie, yet I could somehow not even root for them either. Like, there was just nothing that endeared me to them, um, including some, some you know, weird stuff they said, like when, you know, their dad, who's now lost an arm and is back from the war and is trying to regain the friggin' circus to kind of support right. his family living in a tent, they say something to him like, you know, when he can't help Dumbo, they say, well, mom would have done something. Like, hey, dad's well, doing his best here. I, I mean, to, but, to that but point, back I'll... off. What's up with their, they, he, they're on the train station and they, they go to meet him and they can't wait. He's coming back from war and they're rushing to give him a hug and he turns and they see that he's lost his arm and they both just immediately stop, get <laughs> kind super, of back away. get super like somber, like straight faced. Yeah. And then they're almost like disgusted and going to turn around. Right. Like they, <laughs> you're still not going to hug him. Like you lost <laughs> your mom, your dad's home. Really? My minus an arm, but that's yeah. that's like too gross. Like it was really it was a it was a heartbreaking scene for me. And I don't think Colin Farrell's a terribly good actor. So like he he's not winning me over in the movie. So there were a few things, not that I liked, because I really didn't like much about this movie, but I was excited at least to try seeing Dana DeVito and Michael Keaton working with Tim Burton again. And I will say I thought DeVito, Keaton, 
and Colin Farrell, at least those three, they were trying. I feel like they each were kind of sinking their teeth into their their roles. I thought all three of them were probably like, at least trying harder than they needed to, given that they mm. weren't given much to do. Yeah. Um, so Danny DeVito, I, I would agree with that on, for, for sure. Yeah. Michael thought, Keaton seemed a little scenery-chewing, kind of kind of a little especially over the top. Especially in the last 25% of the movie, I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah, he, he kind of just goes way over the top. But I, I don't know. I there There was like, okay, there was a glimmer, and maybe there was some interesting... Maybe there were some ideas along the way, but this is one of those movies that to me felt like it had a high bar in that I'm already asking, is this movie necessary before I even show up? Then it's, I don't think it's necessary before I even show up. And they gave it to Tim Burton, who's like 0 for 12. So (laughs) that's troublesome. And then you show up and it's like, yep, all my worst fears are realized. This is terrible and pointless and soulless and it doesn't look good and there's nothing happening in the story and the elephant's kind of creepy and sometimes yeah. I see through his eyes and it's 1919 but all the technology and everything in the movie is really more like 1959. Right. Like why yeah. not just make it 1959? Yeah, I when, they go to that, when they go to that theme park, it's like a it's like a time machine. That was really kind of weird. Well, and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, the the villain in this movie is very close to Walt Disney. Yeah, right. I mean, right down to the theme park. I mean, the fact that the bad guy sells Dumbo merchandise, right? And then you know you're gonna <laughs> you and I we're gonna go to the parks, and what we're we gonna see there. Dumbo merchandise. Oh, oh yeah. So I was in Disneyland oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on opening there. day of the movie, and people were going nuts. the 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 line for Dumbo exceeded the line at any other attraction there that day. And you've got you've got all these people buying this merchandise and taking their picture in front of the attraction ride so that they could have it. It's like whoa. Yeah. Like I mean, so so right away. And yeah, I I was I was really kind of chuckling and scratching my head like I have to think that an executive at Disney at the studios is, is, is sort of laughing about this right like yeah we're, we're pulling a fast one on on corporate execs or maybe the Michael Eisner of the past or somebody but like somebody had to have seen that like they, they that that theme park they go to darn near had like fast pass kiosks at it right, right like I right. mean it almost looked it had like, the, like Disneyland the the, the, the Tomorrowland tomorrow. yes yeah, yeah. yeah totally. it just so the like Tim Burton like biting the hand that feeds him as he makes this movie like what a terrible nightmare world this all is at Disney World and yet Disney's giving him nearly two hundred million dollars and can we also wow. just. How do you spend nearly two hundred million dollars to remake Dumbo? Well, you got Danny DeVito I mean, in it. <laughs> so there's forty-eight million dollars. Right. <laughs> Can you Danny imagine if that daughter. was his asking quote? That's like a standard. <laughs> when DeVito shows up, you just gotta like in the old days, like with Schwarzenegger, it was like fifty million bucks and a jet. Yeah, right, right, right. That's right. what Davido's taking these days. Ava Green is like forty million bucks. Huge, <laughs> huge stars. What's up with the elephant birth of Dumbo? Apparently, elephant births are so quiet and so clean that an elephant can give birth to a baby 
And then the baby just sort of hides in some hay and no one even knows the baby's Nobody knows here. they're there. Yeah, that's... I got to imagine elephant births. Like, in my world, it's like the elevator from The Shining opening up and just like a, a torrent of goo. And there's a lot of noise and thrashing. And it's just awful. But, like, apparently not. That's... Apparently it's... We're neither of us are zoologists. Yeah. We, we, we'll we'll, well, we'll never know. I'm not trained as one. Yeah. We're going to have to YouTube elephant birth now and, <laughs> and see what it's actually, what it's actually like. Uh, what, what's up with the daughter actually falling from like a cherry picker in the circus show into a tub of water from like four stories up and then just like jumping out and being totally fine like like a minute later like first off it's a miracle that you hit the water like like she she was fine 12 seconds later like i feel like we'd have our kids in counseling for months after that to get them to be able to climb a flight of stairs again like this i guess circus life makes you a little hardened to things like that speaking of circus life hardening you what's up with the choice to even have colin farrell's character lose his wife have spent time in World War One and lost an arm. Yeah. And then he comes back yeah. and he's relegated to just cleaning to up make, elephant poop. Just to make it worse. Like, yeah, they just, they just and, and everything about that guy's life. Because yeah. a third of the employees died of influenza. Like right, this is right. the opening this is like the framing device that Tim Burton and the screenwriter chose. It's just already like the saddest story Anand's ever told. I I agree. Speaking of saddest story, what's up with this line? Your children don't need you to be perfect. They just need you to believe in them. Yikes. That that's one best left off print. Like Yeesh. I mean, we're we're getting awfully saccharine in this script. It was it, it was filled with nuggets like that. Filled with nuggets like that and then also filled with disgusting chuds in the form of the audience who are like the most boorish, awful like lowest common denominator. Yeah. Like they see the elephant and they immediately like, ha look at the <laughs> dummy. And they like throw garbage at him. I mean, even when he flies, the first yeah. time the elephant flies is the most amazing thing anyone's ever seen. There's still three a-holes in the audience who are like, <laughs> like mocking the elephant as I, it's like a miracle of miracles. They're still like disgustingly awful humans. What's up with the fact that Dumbo's flying around the tent feet above the audience and they're not defecating themselves? <laughs> like, like, would you be okay with with even a talented elephant flying above your head just a couple of feet? No! Like, this, this, this elephant has clearly had problems with the flying and they're all aware of this and they've seen evidence of it. So I'm not okay with you above my kid. Well, you mentioned the problems. First of all, Dumbo, every time Dumbo has flown, uh, flies in this movie, every show, there's a catastrophe. <laughs> like, they could have at least written into the script, like, how about you let the show go well once or twice and it kind of become a hit and it's like an exciting thing? No, it's like the first one, everyone almost dies. Uh, actually, the very first one, someone does die, right? The yes, elephant, yeah. Yes, so yeah. the second time, everyone almost dies and there's a fire and it's out of control. And then from there, he's a huge star, and already he goes to Disney World, and there's huge problems, and everyone almost dies. Right, right. And then it's the end of the movie, and it's a catastrophe, and everything burns down. <laughs> like, that's perfect. That's a perfect score. Four for four, all awful. Right. Why are we making a movie about why, this guy? Why are we, why are we lining up to, to buy our, our front row seats? Um, 
What's up with the theme park, like, executives hanging out in the park and chatting after it's closed? Like, all the guests have left, like, the attractions are shut down, and they're, like, on a bridge just hanging out talking shop like you've all got like really nice offices why aren't you in there talking right. nothing about your conversation necessitated you standing in line for the jungle cruise right they just, right. just go go back to your office or, or talk on the phone from home later it's midnight what's up with the fourth wall breaking issue of having the wwe guy announcer Oh, like, are you ready for Dumbo? That was, and they and they went why? back to that well a second time. Yeah, too. but why they have them a... at all? It's so jarring. Yeah, that it's was so ridiculous. terrible. Like of just all a the po- just a pop, casting, a pop culture, you know, rib poke. Like, get it? We've got the guy who announces the boxers. Yeah, it just, it just feels like Tim Burton doesn't understand pop culture or human emotions or animals or anything anymore. Or Disney, yeah. Or di- yeah. yeah, his own employers. He's just <laughs> he's just stuck. He's on his own. He's doing this thing. It's kind of rotten. It doesn't work anymore, but he's just going to keep doing it keep doing this, and yeah. just amping up special effects yeah. until they take away the punch bowl. And they're going to. This movie is underperforming. I cannot it's, imagine it's, someone's going to greenlight this guy another $200 million check. You know, it's gotten pretty poor reviews as well. Before I saw it, I peeked at the Rotten Tomato score and, and saw where it was heading. And, you know, it's it's somewhere, I think, in the 50s. And and quite honestly, that's the that's score. Generous. I, I, that's the score I would have given it. Like, I'd say, yeah, it, it was a... It was about a fifty percent. I mean, that's failing. Like that's it's, it's a failure. Like I, I get you know they had their their words matched their mouths when they were talking, right. so we'll give them points for that. Audio mix was had, great. They had music. Yeah. yeah, we'll give them points for that. Uh, but in general, weak, weak sauce, weak sauce. Agreed. Well, Mike, are you ready for five questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let Let's get to them. Five weak sauce questions. No, I'm kidding. The questions are great. They're listener submitted. Questions are good. The movie's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question number one. We already talked about this. In general, what do you think about Disney remaking their animated films as live action? In general, I think think you said it really well. I mean, I, I, I disagree a little bit on that I enjoyed the Cinderella remake and the Beauty and the Beast remake. I think you thought they, in general, didn't need to be done because the classics were so good. It would be weird to do, like, a live-action Snow White all of a sudden, like... Uh, which I guess they actually have done some Snow White live-action films in right. the past. Right, and but, the Snow White remake, and, right. right, to remake the musical would be a little bit weird. I've enjoyed some of them. I've not enjoyed others. I, I, I'm now actually really anxious to take in The Jungle Book because I have seen the original. It doesn't really hold up. I would like to see what the the live action does to a story like that that maybe is in the second tier of Disney animated films. Well, and this summer we've got we've got Aladdin and then The Lion King right away, right? And then yep. Mulan before the end of the year. And Mulan's a really interesting. First of all, the first two are beloved; they're classics, super right. popular. So to remake them seems like an odd choice. And then the last one, Mulan, had Eddie Murphy as Mushu. And it's sort of a weird story that mixes, you know, the funny animals and the live action, they, like the humans. And yeah. are they going to do Mushu? Is Eddie Murphy oh, okay. going to voice him? I don't know. But it just seems like I was worried they're going to get like Kevin Hart instead. And uh, yeah. yeah. All, anyway. right. All, All right. right. Question number two. This person wrote, the movie felt pretty bland to me. 
with only pieces of Dreamland feeling anything like a Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Disney tapped him for this project? I, I, I don't know. I guess going back to a, a trusted collaborator from years past that has had some level of success. Um, you know, when you, when you think of the story of Dumbo... In a million years, I wouldn't think that Tim Burton would be the guy you'd hand that to. You'd like right. give it to Steven Spielberg or something like that. Some somebody sort of mystical and dreamlike, you know, with his ET and Captain Hook pedigree. Um, so maybe they thought that this was just going to put a really interesting twist or spin on a story we all know, and maybe it could have in a different universe. It just, yeah, yeah I just don't think it it panned out. Fair. Question number three. Apparently, Will Smith had been offered the role of Holt, which Colin Farrell ultimately took. Mm. But instead, he declined choosing to appear in the upcoming Aladdin remake. Yeah. What's your early take on his interpretation of the genie? Um, I've seen I saw the preview for Aladdin before the Dumbo film. So, you know, he was in the, the trailer for Yep. 20 seconds or so. I really like Will Smith, so I hope that it's interesting. Um, we had the opportunity to see the Aladdin musical in New York about a year ago, and that was a lot of fun, seeing the the live-action genie. And you know, So I, I, I guess my early take is high hopes. Oh, okay, great. Question four. For Dumbo, there was apparently a swear jar on set. An Irish oh. actor, Colin Farrell, was responsible for contributing the majority of money during shooting. It wasn't Tandy Newton's daughter? No. Shocking. Okay. No, this listener wrote, do you think Tim Burton had to add to it as well when he saw just how f***ing awful the flying Dumbo <laughs> CGI was? Like, he, he just just goes on a blues streak. He's throwing on, quarters. One hundred and fifty bucks into the jar, and he just completely loses it on his crew. Perhaps I mean it. They look I, bad. I think that those scenes were weak. Yeah, yeah I, I mean bad. it. It looked bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, and question five is that this person <laughs> wrote. This person wrote. I saw this movie opening night while on a Disney cruise over spring break. Oh, nice. Why is it that my kids can eat unlimited? free french fries and soft serve ice cream all day by the pool but a small popcorn at the onboard walt disney theater costs 12 dollars. <laughs> that is a fantastic question that i cannot even begin to answer good questions listeners thanks so much yeah good question the least expensive food that you could possibly prepare we're gonna, we're gonna find a way to bilk you up. Gotta with that charge too. it just egregiously, yeah. like even worse than a movie theater. Which movie theater is yeah. like notoriously garbaging us on popcorn? I, I mean, it's gotta just be because you can't go to a movie without getting popcorn, and so they know it's just a an instant instant cash, just, just cash, cash register. In hand. Ding ding ding! Yeah. All right, well that's Great five questions. questions. All right, well, I, I don't even know if we need final thoughts. This is just nah. sort of an unnecessary film, poorly done. Yeah. This and, is not uh, one I will be buying on Blu-ray for the, the kids' Disney collection. My kids had no interest in seeing it, and I'm glad they didn't, and I told them they never need to see it. All right, all right. Well, yeah. fair enough. What do, what do we have coming up next? Well, coming up next, we have a movie that my kids were interested in seeing. It's the new DC comic book hero movie, Shazam, starring all Zachary right. Levi. Fantastic. We'll uh, we'll be talking soon. Talk to you then. 
Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.